So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. <laughs> hey, Aaron. How you doing? Hey, Melanie. All right, so this is You Say. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. By the very young artist, Lauren Daigle. She no longer refers to herself as a Christian. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure love. Just so you know. Yeah. We're going to talk about that today on the show. Just a minute. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. We're going to talk about that, Aaron. frozen here. <laughs> I'm trying to share this and it won't let me.
show people. That's the artist, Lauren Daigle. No longer the Christian artist, but the artist. We're going to talk about that in just a minute, but let me just say welcome to this edition of Free For All Friday! Yoo-hoo! It's Friday! Which, no. Which means what? It means I got to play pickleball. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and you know what? I decided to name my book. I changed the name of my book. You know what the new name of my book is going to be? It's going to be called Pickleball Faith and Friends. Yeah, it is. And I think it's better for many reasons. So, just... Sounds like it should be a new talk show. <laughs> kind of like Fox and Friends. Pickleball Faith and Friends. Well, it's going to be Pickleball Faith and Friends because I decided... Uh, so, Pickleball, comma, Faith and Friends or Pickleball Faith and Friends? I don't know. I might I might call it Pickleball Faith and Friendship. Friendship better. That might be better. Because it's really about... It's really a book about... Um, it's really a book about friendship and pickleball. Human relationships. Yeah. In the context of pickleball. So Pickleball Faith and Friendship. That's the title of my book right there. I just changed it. But don't worry, the coupon you can still use the coupon code Pickleball Faith when you go to Golden when you go to goldenpickleball.com and buy a paddle there. Yeah, you can. You can you can buy the very first golden pickleball paddle produced. Try saying that fast. And um, when you use the coupon code pickleball faith, because pickleball faith and friends would be too long, <laughs> or pickleball faith and friendship would be too long. Uh, anyway, you can save ten percent. The paddle will cost you fifty four dollars out the door, and that's including free shipping with that. So if you're interested in checking that out, go over to goldenpickleball.com. Yes. Go there, and it, your purchase actually will benefit Bible News Radio as well, just so you know, in case you didn't know. And yes, this is a pickleball, people. Yeah, it is. See? I pretty much have a pickleball with me wherever I go, just so you know. Today, I delivered my very first pickleball t-shirt to my friends, and it was a big hit. Everybody was super excited. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was so, so awesome. But today is Free For All Friday, and we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of things in the news. Of course, we opened the song with Lauren Daigle's song, You Say, and we've talked about Lauren a couple weeks back um, and all that. The reason I'm bringing her up today is because yesterday I was alerted to another article about her, and rather than, you know, drag it out and, you know, like string you along and, you know mention the article at the end of the show. I'm just going to read it to you right now. Here it is. Listen to this. It's titled Lauren Daigle fans disappointed after singer wouldn't call herself a Christian artist in secular interview. This is what it says. Fans of CCM artist Lauren Daigle are again expressing disappointment after the popular singer would not forthrightly consider herself a Christian artist when asked about the characterization last week on a secular radio station and did not mention Jesus, but only talked about herself through the, through the, throughout the interview. You're known, as far as your music, you're known as more of a Christian artist, noted Dave Stiles of My FM in Los Angeles, to which Daigle nodded. But now with all this mainstream, I mean, you're here uh, on our station, mainstream, not AC. What do you call yourself? How do you name yourself, he asked. Do you call yourself still a Christian artist even in the mainstream? 
or what do you call yourself? I feel like those labels get put on you by other people. Daigle, most known for songs you say and how can it be replied? I was reading an article and one of them's like Christian artist and another one is just artist. So I think part of me is just artist because it encompasses everything. That's kind of how I see myself. Styles asked Daigle about her thoughts now that her music has crossed over and is also being featured in the mainstream. She re to the experience as a, quote, ride, unquote. While we were making the record, we were constantly in this state of studying the greats, the, the kind that came before, Aretha Franklin, Roberta Flack, Andre Crouch. There's just a plethora of artists that we would just listen to. Lauren Hill, Daigle, age 27, explained. Remember talking so much like, Let's just make sure that we make music that we believe that's pure, true sound and something that we love and it will transcend wherever it's supposed to go. She continued, but let's make sure that it's pure and authentic to who we are. Daigle outlined that she believes that the quote connectability unquote of her songs in that people can relate to the experiences and struggles in the lyrics is what make makes them have wide appeal. She stated that she reads messages on her Instagram of people that are going through struggles and want help. I just want to see people come together. I want to see it become something pure. And if someone is going through the worst of times, I want them to be able to hold on to the people around them and to the message of these songs and pull them out, Daigle said. Daigle said that she hears stories from people on the road of how her music has impacted them and that sometimes people also tell her that they cry to her music. In response to other various questions during the interview, Daigle also talked with Styles about being a food junkie, her lack of earwax, and watching documentaries on the road, including 20 Feet from Stardom, which tells the story of Michael Jackson's background singers. She additionally discussed her love of skydiving. I'm an adrenaline junkie, so like skydiving, I love skydiving. I did it in Hawaii, Daigle outlined. Skydiving is amazing. Will Smith does this whole thing where you're like drinking with your friends the night before. You're like, let's go skydiving in the morning. You're kind of joking, but everyone's together. So it's like, yeah, 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 let's do it. My manager and I did a 400-foot cliff jump over crocodile-infested water in Africa, she shared. A number of fans expressed disappointment after watching the interview, which was posted to YouTube. Not one mention of Jesus Christ. This was your opportunity to give God the glory he deserves, but instead you gave him no mention at all, but made it all about you. One commenter wrote, so many opportunities to declare the gospel and connect Jesus to the masses, and she shot every single chance down. Another opined. I understand that people think her music was what kept them from suicide, but she could have just said that the Lord used her music to keep that person from suicide, a third opined. Out of her mouth, she says uh, she spends most of her time eating and having fun. No mention of spending time in prayer, the Bible, God, or Jesus, another wrote. Some commenters also noted that other CCM artists have likewise said that they don't consider themselves to be a Christian artist, but just an artist that is Christian. Others worried that Daigle could go the way of Katy Perry or Amy Grant. <laughs> and then you can watch the whole interview. But anyway, I, I, so I'm bringing this up 
And we didn't, we actually didn't use her name in the, in the title on purpose, but I'm bringing this up because it, you know, it's interesting to me that we live in a day and age where a young Christian artist, I mean, artist who purports to be a Christian, (laughs) um, you know, people, Christians are disappointed because she does not identify as a Christian. And I'm wondering why do you think that that's so important? And I'm, I love, I want to hear Randall's um, thoughts. Well, well I think it's interesting, though. Uh, the one uh, commenter they noticed, I was worried that they would go the way of Katy Perry or Amy Grant. That's that's a whole spectrum there, for those of you who may that's not. That's huge. Some... That's a huge, like, that's a huge. <laughs> those are like. It's com- a huge insult to Amy Grant. It's not like the way of. They're completely separate directions. Right. The way of Katy Perry, uh, a.k.a. Katie Hudson, born Katie Hudson, and her initial, her debut release was under her birth name, Katie Hudson, a Christian record, and then she was wooed into the uh, secular music, and I would say beyond secular uh, when it, what I forget what awards show that was, American Music or Grammy, I don't remember, where it was the full-on demonic thing with the, with the bowl with the red eyes and, you know, and her typically right. scanty clad, where even <laughs> non-believers, secular people in the world, sat there in the audience and tweeted the next day, they like, like, they were like, what, the what did we just watch? You know, what, what? <laughs> What was that? Some sort of, you know, sacrifice thing that we just, they were blown away. They were creeped out by it. So anyway, that's the way of Katy Perry. Um, and I think, I can't remember if her parents, like, father was a pastor, they're missionaries. But anyway, strong Christian home. And anyway, like, totally, like the antithesis of, of Christianity. And then Amy Grant was wasn't trying to cross over. Nope. Some of her stuff just started getting playing on secular stations, and and she'd never she's never denied her. She's never tried to be an undercover Christian or anything like that. Is well, yeah. it's like well, my songs are popular in the secular marketplace. That's that's great. And you, but, know, you, know, you know, I'll use that. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know what's amazing about Amy is, first of all, Amy is one of the forerunners. In, I mean, she's one of the, I don't I don't want to say grandmothers, but essentially. Pioneers. Pioneer, or, that's a good um, word. She's one of the pioneers in modern contemporary Christian yeah. music. Um, and it was, because Christian music hasn't been around that long, okay, but. Not, not contemporary Christian music. Right. Yeah. Um, Sean over on Facebook says, at best, referring to Lauren, at best she is afraid of the criticism and her yeah. agents are telling her to keep it neutral. Mm. Um, that, that could be true. I mean, I have a, um, you know, Jamie Grace who we've had on the show. Um, I, I know she said in, um, one of her YouTubes, you know, she was found, she was discovered by Toby Mac, I believe it was. And one of the things that, that Jamie, um, said in one of her videos was there was a reason she got, she disassociated from Toby Mac and, and, and others because the, the, ungodliness in the contemporary christian music world is pretty rampant unfortunately um and Mm. but i will say going back to amy grant um i know a lot of people here where we live who know amy i mean literally it's a throw stone and you can find somebody that knows amy grant 
and I have not met one person that actually knows her in this state of Tennessee um, that has ever said a disparaging word about Amy Grant. The only people I've ever heard say a disparaging word about Amy Grant are those people who don't know anything about her and what she she has really done. The self-proclaimed discernment ministers and the like. No, I know, I know, I know, um, I know, I know, I have friends actually. Well, because Amy got divorced, but Amy never went public with why she was divorced. She went, she got divorced. There's been a lot of speculation, um, and I'm not even going to go there because it's not necessary at some point. And I think that there's rumors about her and Vince Gill and, you know what? We we weren't there, and I think so, I took it from Kim Hill, who also got divorced, and she shared with me um, that you know that she was shunned in the Christian church because of it, because she's a Christian you know artist. Um, so yeah, but anyway, the reason I bring this up, the reason I brought this story up, is because what really shouted to me about this isn't so much Lauren's actions. To me, that's kind of expected. But it's the expectation of those who follow her and put her up on a pedestal because she is a good singer. Right. If that's I, that's the thing. This is why Christian celebrity should not go together. Right. If I had a dollar for everyone said, oh, if so-and-so became a Christian, someone that already has a big platform, you know, people are expecting this... Um, evangelism by proxy really is what it is they want these people who have you know have this yeah somehow like you have this popularity you have this stage you have this worldly stage and and that's the you know you're expected to be the you know evangelist and a champion for the gospel you know i won't i won't be a champion of the gospel for my own backyard but i expect people you know and and to get to that level, I I don't know. I've you know I'm I'm no celebrity, never been even close to it. But you know I get the idea that there to get there there are compromises along the way to get to a level, and I get that from Jamie Grace and you know and to others in a mm-hmm. in a implied sort of way that. You know, if you really want all that, if you want the celebrity, you're going to have to compromise and give up some things. So so what's more important, being a Christian or being a celebrity? Um, no contest there, in my opinion. Right. And actually, I have another story. It's, it concerns uh, uh, North Korea, the Bible, and South Korea, and defectors. We'll get to that in, the, in a few minutes. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, though, is... You guys know that I am a lady of justice. Yeah, you do. See, here's the logo right there. You can probably can't see it. It's probably blurry. But the mission of Ladies of Justice is this. To help improve lives with our services and provide women the opportunity and environment to build their belief and confidence, step into their greatness and power, control their lives, and create choices and live a purposeful life. That's the mission of Ladies of Justice. Now, you're like, well, what's a Lady of Justice? A Ladies of Justice, a Lady of Justice, Ladies of Justice is is the, the female arm of Legal Shield, okay? So we basically still sell the same product. We're just women who do it. And, uh, and really, within the, the, the business of Legal Shield, the women are trying to take on the men, 
So that's, I mean, not take on, but let's just say women are competitive. <laughs> anyway, I bring that up because as I was doing my daily news reads about identity theft, you know, I told you earlier this year that my goal is to sign up at least 100 people this year for identity theft protection. And actually more. I, I really want to sign up more than 100. I got 99 to go. Hopefully by the end of the day, it'll be 98 to go. Um, but here's the thing. I read this article that said, I want to see. Yeah, here it is. I think this is the right one. Um, yes, here it is. It's the Albuquerque Journal one. No, that's not the right one. The one mm. you have up. <laughs> uh, Yahoo it, Finance? You didn't want yeah, that no, one? not that one. Hmm. That one will be next. All right. So, um, okay, so this is titled Shut Down Helping This Identity Theft Startup. All right. So how many of you are aware that right now the government is shut down? Raise your hand. <laughs> Hopefully all of you are because, uh, yeah, it's shut down. <laughs> So um, this is an article by Kathleen Parker. She writes, Washington, um, I'm betraying no secrets by observing that the government shutdown provides a window of opportunity for identity and electronic theft. Trust me, the crooks already know this, and unfortunately, so do I. Short story, I decided to, I decided to start collecting Social Security even though I couldn't possibly be old enough and created an account with the Social Security Administration, filling out all the proper forms and wondering if I was doing the right thing. Did I actually send you this? No, you did not. Okay, you know what? Here, hold on a second. Mm. I I actually sent, I put it in my, in the legals, um, legal shield um, group. But hold on a second. I don't one, need it. I one mean, moment, please, while I send this to Barry. I mean, you can read it. I mean, that's okay. fine. Okay, all right. So I just switched to off and... Now I need to get back over to our Bible News Radio page in case anybody decides they want to leave a comment that I can read later, which will take five minutes for the page to flip. But anyway, back to the article. <laughs> it says here, consider that second guess a foreshadowing of calamities to follow. In a word, I got hacked and robbed. Hacking is a fact of this life and identity theft is the future. Nearly 150 million people's identities were exposed in the Equifax breach of 2017. Just last November, Marriott announced that private data on up to 500 million of their customers may have been robbed. At some point, mine fell victim too. I confess, and I'm not very good at managing life's infrastructure, keeping abreast of the regulatory minutia, filling out forms, paying bills, checking all the boxes for, for which God invented the personal assistant. If you're interested, see email address at bottom. First, I'm always on deadline. Second, I'm always on deadline. Third, bureaucratic operations require a pace and patience with which I am unfamiliar. Recently, I dialed up a bank, and after fumbling several times through its tree of options, none of which pertained, I finally pecked a number and was told that my wait time would be 28 minutes. No, I said to no one, it won't be because I have 28 things to do in the next minute, so I hung up. Thus, a better organized person might have wondered sooner why she no longer was allowed to access her personal social, social security account. I did wonder briefly, but then wandered off to slay other dragons. A couple of months passed. 
A hungrier person might have gladly spent hours on the phone arguing with an agent about the missing checks that were due in her bank account, but probably because I'm still employed and Social Security isn't my sole income, I was able to postpone any reckoning. I simply assumed the government, government being government, things are slow. Yes, they are. <laughs> Finally, having received no money since being told to expect my first check in October for six months retroactively... I called a local Social Security representative who told me the money went out in October to a green dot account. A what? I don't have a green dot. Is that 30 or 40% off? Well, it says here it went out in October, but I didn't get it. It says it went to a green dot account in October. You said that already. I didn't get it. I don't have a green dot. I've never even heard of a green dot. It's a thing. It's not my thing. Next, I called the National Social Security Administration's number, which I found on a letter I'd received saying that the SSA couldn't send me any more money, haha, because it had an incorrect address. A very professional-sounding woman picked up the phone and upon hearing my description, immediately declared a fraud, issued an alert, filed a report with Inspector General, and told me to call the Federal Trade Commission to get information about freezing my credit. Suddenly... I'm very interested in this problem, which can't be resolved because the relevant government agencies, including the FTC, are shut down. The cobwebbed identitytheft.gov website says, quote, we will resume normal operations when the government is funded, unquote. And by the way, this is accurate. If you go to identitytheft.gov, that's actually what it says on the website. Bottom line, someone hacked into my social security account, changed my bank routing and checking account numbers to a green dot account that was probably created for that purpose. This means the thieves likely have a small book's worth of information about me, both financial and personal. What might come next and what should I do? By now you're likely thinking, what about the truly elderly person who depends on her monthly social security check to live? Someone who may not know how to navigate the internet or have an accountant to call. What does the 87-year-old widow do when this lowest form of human life preys upon her limited income? As it were, I feel lucky. I have a job and resources. I'll survive and maybe even recoup the stolen money I earned. But for now, the U.S. government is little to no help and the bad guys know it. Which is exactly why I brought this to your attention. Because if Kathleen Parker, who wrote this article, had been aware of identity theft monitoring service like ID Shield, she actually would have had her social security number be monitored and she would have notified, she would have gotten notified way back in October that something was amiss. And, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it again, and I'll say it again. If you don't get your protection... This could happen to you, and it will be a good, big, fat headache for you. Um, for as little, and I'm saying this, as little as 32 cents a day, you can protect all your vital information from your Social Security accounts to your banking accounts to your passport to your children's Social Securities and more for as little as 32 cents a day. You guys, do not hesitate. I'm telling you, do not hesitate. Get yourself covered today. I'm serious. I'm totally serious because the breaches are out there. 
most likely you've been hacked. Your stuff is out there. It's only a matter of time before somebody gets to it and uses it and makes your life miserable. And I would much rather have you covered now for 32 cents a day than later where it's going to cost you a big fat amount of time and a big fat headache because you're going to have to do it yourself. If you're covered with ID Shield, our partner that works with us, Curl Private Investigators, they take care of it. And we have a $5 million guarantee, service guarantee. I mean, you seriously can't beat it. I just signed up two people this week. And um, like I said, I'm going for 100. So, you know, if you guys know anybody who want to sign up, get yourself protected. You know, it's $9.95 a month for an individual, $24.95 a month for a family. And um, I mean, if you have 10 kids, you can cover your whole family if they're all under 18. Okay. For like 25 bucks a month. It's completely insane. It's a no-brainer. So act now. Do it. I don't have a phone number open that you can call. <laughs> call now. But go to my bit.ly website. Go to bit.ly forward slash capital L-O-J 2019. That's my Ladies of Justice website. That's why I did that there. And um, just click through there. Look for the identity theft option and sign up. I had somebody do it earlier a couple of days ago. Um, they didn't even contact me. They just went to my site. They signed up and you know who you were. And um, I want to thank you for it because you just did yourself a whole lot of good. Right, Bareface? Indeed. And I just want to add that it's not just a headache of going through and getting your money back or or clearing up your credit, stuff like that. Sharply on the rights is criminal identity theft. And you're thinking, well, identity theft is criminal. Yeah. No, what criminal identity theft is people using your identity in the commission of other crimes you know hardened criminals they've bought your you know your identity social security number addresses stuff like that on the dark web whatever whoever stole they have it and then they get arrested and they report themselves as you you know they can furnish false id that has your information on it or you know they don't know what you is just one that they bought and they're making fake ids and anytime they get arrested they put this up go down the line no big deal you know nothing going on and this is happening you know nebraska or whatever you know or new york city whatever but then sometime along the line you go to apply for this or that it turns out you have a warrant for your arrest or yep. something like that or you can't get that because you have a criminal your record and you're like what the what a criminal record well my my very first person that signed up and she's watching the show probably um she got married and had to go down to the dmv to change her license and couldn't because because of that because her license had been compromised she did not know it mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, you guys, look, this monitors your driver's license, um, your social security, your bank accounts. Let me see. got to tell you everything because there's so much. Um, it monitors your medical cards, like your health cards, your emails, uh, loans, credit cards, bank accounts, black market website surveillance, your social media. And we also get ID Shield Vault, which is a password manager. You put everything in there. By the way, all of you guys who already have it, if you have not done that yet, do it. Make sure you go in and fill out your info. Otherwise, you're wasting your money not having anything monitored. Um, you know, do it. And we're also, um, you know, going to be adding more things to it. So just, you know, do yourself a favor and don't, don't wait. 
you know, I mean, seriously, don't wait. Um, and then if you want to become a Legal Shield member, because they actually, the two, these two issues go hand in hand, because if you ever do become a victim of identity theft, you know, legal issues, you know, could follow that very easily. Um, you know, sign up for Legal Shield as well. It's $24.95 a month. That's it, period. And that gives you a will, um, unlimited legal counsel. Uh, Vicki Fitch, you know, last night was sharing with me during our Legal Shield training um, that, you know, she's having some problems with uh, with her her printer. You know, she's got this this printer that won't work, and she's going back and forth with HP, their customer service department, and there being no help whatsoever. And she, you know, she she said after two hours dealing with their customer service and some other stuff, she just decided to write, call up Legal Shield up and say, hey, here's my situation. Um, and they gave her, you know, they told her what to do, and they said they would help her take care of it. And that's that's part of the benefit of your membership. Randall and I have dealt with <laughs> a couple different things that you wouldn't normally go to a lawyer for, but that's the point. The point of Legal Shield is to empower you and to get you out of that mindset, oh, you know, lawyers are just for rich people. No, they're not. We're trying to level the playing field so that you can go to an attorney if you have an issue, you know, that could be taken care of if people aren't paying attention to you. Terry's husband, Terry, Vicki's um, Terry, husband, actually makes a joke about it, but it's really serious. He said, have you ever called the, the, the customer I don't care department? Because, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of places you can have problems with customer relations or, you know, you get bad customer service and they don't seem to care. So, you know what? Call Legal Shield. They'll write a letter and then they will care and you'll get your money back or probably get the thing resolved. I mean, it's it's definitely worth it. It's not so you can be a bully and say, hey, I have a lawyer. I'm going to call. I'm going to sue the pants off you. That's not what it's about. It's about giving you some confidence and equal access to justice under law. And that's what Ladies of Justice is about, which brings me to the to my next point. You know, the next point is that if you are somebody who's interested in get, making some extra money and you, you're willing to do the work, and that's the key thing. You're not going to make any money if you sign up and don't do anything. But if you're willing to be trained and to go out there and be disciplined and share the opportunity of what I'm sharing with you, then sign on, become an associate because you can make your money back. You can make millions. There are millionaires and, and there are over, I think it's 250 millionaires, um, in this company, you know, direct sales is very profitable if you do the work. So, uh, the training is completely awesome. The legal shield direct sales training itself from corporate is awesome. But, um, I have a wonderful, uh, mentor Vicki and her husband and her son who weekly train us. And, um, on top of the, the leadership training we get from corporate. So if that's something you're thinking about doing, you want to make some extra money, Hit me up. We'll get you signed up, get you covered, and, um, and you can make some extra money on the side while you're doing it. So that is that. But just just be aware <laughs> that, you know, if you're not covered and during this government uh, breakdown something happens, the government isn't going to be able to help you because they're shut down, just so you know. Just so you know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really sad, actually. So... All right, so I uh, wanted to uh, also bring up 
Oh, this one other story. Do you have the Daily Mail one? Did I send that one to you? I don't think so. Okay. Well, listen to this. This is just a headline. I'm not going to read the whole story, but listen to this. Getting your life hacked. And this was published uh, today, I believe. No, it was published January 10th. It was updated yesterday. Okay. So this is local news. It says here, getting your life hacked. 10% of Americans are victims of identity theft or fraud, totaling $17.5 billion in losses. Government data shows an estimated 26 million Americans were victims of identity theft or fraud in 2016. That amounts to 10% of all U.S. residents age 16 or older, an increase from the 7% who experienced identity theft or fraud in 2014. It cost victims a collective $17.5 billion in 2016 alone. That's according to the government data. So this is a huge problem, and I don't want you to have the big headache. I've signed up people who've had their identity stolen, and they've told me what a big headache is, and they've actually said to me, this is a no-brainer. Who can't afford this? Everybody can afford this. It's very affordable. It's $10 a month is extremely affordable, <laughs> unless you're making zero money. You know, um, $10 to cover yourself is... It's a no-brainer, and we have, a, like I said, up to a $5 million service guarantee. Um, you can't buy that. I mean, you really can't. The value of identity theft protection and legal shield far exceeds the cost you'll pay. And let's just hope that you don't have to, you know, be those. But, um, but <laughs> it's sad. I mean, billions of dollars, people. Uh, we don't want the church. We don't, I don't want you believers to have to deal with that. So let's be wise as serpents, right? Okay, I'm done with that. All right, so speaking of that, um, there's another article over um, on the IB, IB Times, which I'm not sure what that stands for, International Business Times. And it says here, Bible used by North Korea to keep track of defectors in China. Now, this is an interesting article. I bring it up for a couple of reasons. Number one, we have people like Lauren Daigle who won't identify as a Christian in a secular interview. And then we have this. In an attempt to keep an eye on defectors, North Korean secret police agents from the Ministry of State Security are studying the Bible. Yeah, they are. It says here, the move was designed by the secretive state to also extract information from South Korean citizens pertaining to developments in the latter's country and to find the whereabouts of North Korean defectors in China and South Korea. It says here, according to Daily NK, agents who study the Bible target South Korean churchgoers in China and get close with them. They would then strike up a conversation and eventually get the required information. A source told the news outlet knowledge about the Bible can prove to be a useful tool while trying to gain the attention of the worshipers. MSS agents are not studying the Bible in its entirety or to complete memory. They are just studying it piecemeal to better infiltrate churches established by South Koreans and Chinese nationals in China. Knowledge of the Bible can go a long way in helping them to interact with missionaries and blend, blend in with the church communities, the, the source told Daily NK. 
The source added agents were trying to comprehend the defector system in China, where Chinese brokers help North Korean citizens escape to South Korea or other countries. According to rules in North Korea, citizens are not allowed to leave the country without prior permission. Once defectors are identified, they are reported to Chinese authorities who arrest and, and repatriate them to North Korea. Another source in China who keeps track of North Korean affairs says agents in the MSS office in Dangdong, uh, Liaoning province in China, just across the border from North Korea, and some trade officials are tasked with jobs handed down by the government. One of these jobs is to initiate business endeavors with South Koreans that can earn money for the regime and learn about South Korea. South Korean worshippers frequenting churches in China are mostly made up of people from the business community. The agents use this as an opportunity to earn money for Pyongyang. Uh, though information about the country is mostly hidden from the outside world, North Korea is a poor country lacking money and technical advancements, especially when compared to its neighbors in the regions, China, Japan, Russia, and South Korea. And that's actually because the leadership in North Korea is wicked, evildoers, atheist communist evildoers. I already said evildoers, but that's what they are. Um, reports also said while such activities have been recorded since the early 2000s, it has become more prominent in recent times, helping North Korea bolster its limited earnings in for foreign currencies following sanctions imposed on the nation by the international community. The most recent rounds of sanctions came after the United States imposed them in December on three North Korean officials, including a close aide of Kim, Kim, Kim Jong-un, uh, for disregarding human, human rights in the country. An insight into what life is like in North Korea was found out after a soldier defied his fellow officials and defected to South Korea. The soldier, who was shot five times while he tried to run across the heavily fortified, demilitarized zone, was later dragged into the other side and to safety by South Korean soldiers while undergoing operations, parasitic worms were found in his intestines, revealing the poor health and hygiene conditions in the country. So why do I share that? Because it's interesting to me that the Bible talks about how in the end times, uh, you know, the evildoers will, will creep in unnoticed into the churches and stuff. And this is exactly what these people are doing. They're not doing it. They're not reading the Bible because they care about what's in the Bible. They're reading it in order to find people so that they can arrest them and put them in jail and stuff like that. Learn just enough Christianese to yeah. get in the door and sit in the pew. and yeah. So, and, <clears throat> you know, there is a huge underground church in North Korea, um, but... You know, those who are who are fortunate to get out and they end up in China. China is also, I mean, it's it's one of the top nations, you know, it's one of the, the top communist nations where uh, the Christian population is pretty big. And and for my eight years writing the um, persecution blog for the, the Voice of the Martyrs, um, you know, one thing I learned <clears throat> is that the underground church uh, there. Um, often would not let somebody come and be a part of the underground church unless they had already served time in jail to prove that they were a believer. Something you don't have to do here. 
So, so Bob said, Trump, guns, and Jesus. Great evening, poet Lena. Hey, Le hey, hey, Lena. I don't know if you're still in there, but anyway. So, there you go. So, Trump, yeah, make America great again. A lot of people are mad at Trump. <laughs> but more people should be mad at Pelosi, in my opinion. But anyway, Randall, do you want to talk about Ariel Ministries? So I can take a drink of water. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. And I should probably... Well, hey, Mister. I don't need a lower third. But I'll put it up just because I can. So you know who I am. Most of you do. Howdy, hey, Randall K. Coming to you live from Magnificent Middle Tennessee. Anyway, we'd like to tell you about our <clears throat> wonderful sponsor. They've been friends of ours for a long time. Folks over at Ariel Ministries. Find them online at ariel.org. That's A-R-I-E-L.org for you people that are listening to the audio. And they have uh, just a plethora of wonderful biblical resources, none of which I would not recommend. And you can save 20% on anything, anytime, when you use the coupon code Bible News. Bible News will save you 20% on stuff there. And if you want some recommendations on some of the great resources, head on over to BibleNewsRadio.com, click on the resources. Uh, item there, the menu item. Mm -hmm. That'll take your recommended resources page, and there are several things uh, listed there. Uh, just some great stuff that will help you understand the Bible uh, in in its context. It's a book written by Jewish authors, and uh, without that understanding, you're missing a whole lot about what's in the Scripture. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, the Life of Messiah from a Messianic Jewish Perspective series. You can get that in uh, an abridged edition, uh, or you can get that in a, a four-volume set. All great stuff. Go ahead, check it out our, our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. Click the Resources uh, page, and then uh, remember the coupon code BibleNews, which will save you 20% on any of your purchases. That's what I have to say. There you go. Bob, no, it's not an ad. They're our sponsor. Bible yeah. News Radio is actually sponsored. That's right. If you're not familiar with Ariel, go check it out. A-R-I-E-L dot org. And actually, on the weekends, Bareface does Weekends in the Word. And you're, you're still using the Life of the Messiah book, right? That's correct. So, if you're not familiar with Weekends in the Word, that's when Randall, also known as Bareface... Go ahead, put yourself back up. So you can point at me? Also known as bareface. It's not polite to point. And, and if, if you did that in a public school, you'd probably get expelled. Well, anyway, that's when bareface, my husband, decides to do Bible study. Whereas me, every morning, I slug you. There we go. <laughs> now, just out of curiosity, how many of you have been tuning into my Get Slugged devotion time in the morning? You know, and if so, what do you think? Do you like it? Is it benefiting you in some way? This morning I talked about um, in Mark how uh, the Lord was in the boat and the wind came and there was and the disciples were terrified and they came to him and they said, don't you care if we're perishing? And I talked about that. I talked about the difference between uh, perishing and also um, flourishing as people. Oh, Elvis is here. Hello, Elvis. Presley, 1935-77. Nice to see you again. 
You're back. Yeah, you are. So Elvis, just that curiosity. Uh, what is your favorite part about Bible News Radio? I mean, your favorite part, you know, don't tell me your least favorite part. I want to know your favorite part. Because clearly, we've warmed the cockles of your heart. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Also, while Elvis is sharing his heart with us, uh, did I give you the World, the World Magazine article on um, the African-American community? Nope. Okay. That's because... I didn't get around to it, but here, I'm going I'm to shoot this over to you. Hold on a second. There we go. Now you have it. Well, uh, this is from World Magazine, and, and I, will, I will go ahead and I will tell you the title. It's called Against the Tide, Abortion Still Devastates the African-American Community at an Alarming and Disproportionate Rate. But black pro-life activists are fighting for lives. Now, this is great. This is a wonderful thing. First of all, if you're not aware of the background of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, who is a eugenicist and hated black people, um, decided that she was going to uh, create Planned Parenthood with the whole purpose and intention to wipe out black people, okay? Which is evil. I mean, it's just flat out evil. It's evil on so many levels, (laughs) Um, first of all, it irks me to no end that discrimination exists. It, that, I mean, especially based on skin color. I mean, it's ridiculous. You don't choose what color you're going to be born. I didn't choose that I was born white. You didn't choose you were born the color you are. But, you know, this is this part of the, unfortunately, the sin-sick fallen nature of our world. But listen to this. Ryan Baumberger isn't unaccustomed to criticism when it comes to talking about race or abortion. As president of the Pro-Life Radiance Foundation, he meets hard pushback against his blunt media campaigns, um, spotlighting the tragically high abortion rate in the African-American community. It's not that abortion is a minority problem, a Pew Research Center survey in 2018 reported, that 60% of black adults and 61% of white adults say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. 49% of Hispanics agreed, which is actually shocking to me that these numbers, like, you know, have been so high. Anyway, says here, support remains high across the spectrum, even as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC, Reports abortion rates fell 24% over the last decade, which that is good news. Still, abortion numbers remain tragically high, and they remain particularly steep among African Americans. The CDC reported black women had an abortion rate of 25.1 abortions per 1,000 women, and white women had a rate of 6.8 per 1,000. So that's huge. That's like a huge difference. In New York City, hundreds or more, uh, hundreds more black babies died from abortion than were born alive in 2016. In years past, that number has been in the thousands. That makes pro-abortion propaganda in minority communities even more alarming. In 2017, Planned Parenthood tweeted, quote, If you're a black woman in America, it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry a pregnancy to term or give birth. That's evil. 
While it's true that rates of infant and maternal mortality are much higher in the African-American community, it's also insidious to imply abortion is a safe alternative for vulnerable women. In his presentation at Wheaton College, uh, Bomberger noted former Planned Parenthood president Cecile Richards tweeted outrage about violence against African-Americans in U.S. cities when she said, quote, there are no words adequate to express the outrage and grief. Stop killing black people. Now, it's, Duplicitous? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hypocritical on its face. Anyway, Bomberger agreed the loss of any life is tra- tragic, but he noted the irony of Richard's dismay. Quote, she is the abortion mogul of the nation, leading the organization that's the leading killer of black people. Outrage is understandable, but Tammy, Tammy Dalger, an African-American pro-life supporter in Montclair, New Jersey, also tells vulnerable women about sorrow. Dalger, 53, is now a married mother of six, but decades ago she had multi- multiple abortions. During her last abortion, the realization she was taking a life nearly crushed her. I, almost, I was almost in hysterics on the table, she said. The doctor assured me it would be okay, and I went ahead. Now she thinks about her unborn children the way King David spoke about losing his own son shortly after birth. The child cannot come back to me, uh, she says, but I will go to him. Many African-American leaders were once solidly pro-life. Today, bro- black pro-life, pro-lifers swim against the tide of pro-abortion activism and entrenched difficulties in some of their communities, but they're also finding truth and compassion can make headway. The messages on billboards and signs that popped up around Cleveland in early 2018 purported to offer compassion and truth from preterm Ohio's largest abortion center, but instead announced tragic messages. Abortion is sacred. Abortion is a family value. Abortion is a blessing were the things that... Uh, were on the signs. They also proclaimed abortion saved my career. Abortion saved my future. Abortion saved my children. I know. Pro-lifers noticed the signs. They also noticed something else. Many of the billboards popped up in predominantly black neighborhoods. Pre-term's own website declares because of racial injustice, women of color are more likely to need abortions. For us, reproductive justice includes racial justice. What? The I know. How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. It's evil. Ryan Baumberger's group, the Radiance Foundation, joined local pastors and pro-life groups around Ohio to respond to the signs. They set up their own billboards, which said, abortion is big business. Abortion is regret. Abortion is systematic racism. Pro-abortion groups reject the idea of abortion as a form of racism, but pro-life advocates have noted a high percentage of Planned Parenthood centers operate within walking distance of black or Hispanic communities. Planned Parenthood disputes how high that percentage reaches, but no one disputes African-American mothers obtain abortions at a higher rate than other groups of women. Whatever the motives abortion centers cultivate, a substantial customer base in African-American communities and raise funds to make abortions cheap for f- or free for women who can't afford them. Anyway, I'm not going to go on and on. <laughs> you got the point. Uh, and it's tragic. And, you know, if you are a person of, of color and you're pro-life, I want to encourage you to be bold, speak up, 
stand up for God's word on this topic and go with God and make converts of the pro-life opinion and choose life because, um, because God needs you to speak up so that you can save those who can't speak for themselves, um, which is the baby that has no choice in the matter. I mean, when you really stop and think about this, this is the thing that bothers me more than anything. People always say the rhetoric is keep your laws off my body, uh, blah, 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 blah. But the child is not a woman's body. A child resides inside the body of a woman, but that child is a separate human being from that woman, you know. So I would say keep your keep your laws off my baby. Let my baby live, you know, kind of like the Exodus, you know, let my people go. <laughs> Choose life, you know. It's it's it, it's the most insidious evil in our world is ripping a human life, a living human life, from the uterus of a woman. It's the most invasive type of murder out there. And it hurts women, it kills women, as well as the baby. There's nothing good about it. Earlier this week, we aired this video of this callous-hearted woman who was talking to children about her abortion, making it like it was no big deal. And you know what? I'm here to tell you, it is a big deal. It's a massive deal, not only to the woman who's honest about it, and some of you in my audience know from experience, but to a holy God that in Psalm 139 says that he fearfully and wonderfully knit us together in our mother's womb to go right after the holy creation of hum of a human being you know is just absolutely ungodly and horrible because if you talk about murdering innocent people there's no one more innocent than a preborn baby not my opinion bareface you got any thoughts on that I'm still trying to wrap my head around the statement. Because of racial injustice, women of color are more likely to need abortions. It's like, what does that even mean? Isn't, isn't promoting abortion to women of color, providing it cheap or free, isn't that racial injustice? <sighs> what sort of racial injustice would precipitate the need for an abortion? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, blacks don't get in, you know, fair shake in employment, therefore you should get an abortion. You know, blacks don't get a fair shake in the justice system, therefore you need an abortion. So what, your your child won't grow up to be mis, you know, suffer racial... I, I just don't... I, I really can't wrap my head around what they're trying to say. What is the logic there? That racial injustice, uh, you know, precipitates the need for an abortion. I just... I don't know what they're trying to say other than they want to get rid of people with people of color. Yeah. Well, just so you know, God loves you. doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. 
doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter if you're physically abled or disabled or handicapped in any way. If you were fearfully and wonderfully made, you're knit together in your mother's womb. And even if your mom says that she didn't want you, like my mom, she told me she didn't want me. She would have killed me if, if abortion was legal. Thank God it wasn't because you wouldn't be here listening to me, right? Your life would be so much more worse off. But because my mom couldn't kill me legally, <laughs> I'm here. But that's the truth. The truth is that, you know, earlier today when I was reading in Mark chapter 4, uh, the story and the, the winds were coming in, the, the, they were, you know, the, the water was coming into the boat and the disciples were yelling out to Jesus, don't you care if we're perishing? That question is very important. I mean, obviously in the context of the story, the disciples were like, Jesus, come on, don't you care if I'm perishing? You know, don't you care if we're perishing? The boat, you know, basically the boat's going under. You know what? He does care. He cares not only in that situation as he stopped, you know, the waters from the boat. He stopped the storm just by telling it to be quiet. <laughs> Tell him, show me some other pe person that's ever done that. That would be super cool for me to see. But in John 3.16, in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, it says this. For God so loved the world. Yeah, he did. That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So does Jesus care if we're perishing? Absolutely. Because he sent himself, you know, Jesus came to save us from perishing. From that eternal separation from him, Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to forgive us of our sin. That's what's so cool about reading the gospels. Look, if you're, if you're a new person, you've never really read the Bible, I encourage you to go look up a Bible and read, read through some of the early books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel. And, it, you know, read these books and look at what Jesus did. And one of the things he, he would do is all these miracles. And, you know, the religious leaders of the day would get really ticked off at him because he did this stuff. Like he would heal somebody of a physical ailment to, to make the point that he was able to forgive sin right? You know? And why is that important? Why is the forgiveness of your sin important? Because, because it's the unforgiveness of our sin that weighs man down. It's the guilt and the burden that in the, in the things that weigh us down that we know we do wrong, that we need forgiveness from so that we can live a life that's full of peace and joy and purpose, right? You know, people who struggle with addictions and you know, and try to find, they're trying to find, you know, their success and their worth and, and they're trying to run from their pain. It, you know, if they're not dealing with, with their sin, they, it often leads to addiction and all these other things because they're trying to numb their conscience from the things that they're guilty of. But Christ came to set us free from all of that. He, he came to set the captives free and wicked man nailed him on a cross 
because we didn't like it. And yet God is so loving that he allowed that to take place. In fact, he willingly did it. In the, gospel, in, the, in the book of Romans, it says Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. Why? Because he loves us. But the story doesn't end there, people. The story began with a word. Yeah, it did. And then it became a sentence. Then it became a paragraph. Then it became a page in history where Jesus rose from the dead after he was crucified. He came back to life. And then he appeared to all these people, walked around, said, hey, look at me, and played tricks on the disciples. <laughs> he talked to a couple of guys on the road to Emmaus, unfolded the scripture to them, which I wished I could have been there for that conversation. That would have been awesome. You know, and then he established the church. He gave the Holy Spirit to us as a down payment to say, hey, I'm coming back soon. He ascended back into heaven, and he said, you know what? I'll be back in the same way I left. And this is where we're at in history, people. We are at the point in history where his second coming return can happen any minute, you know? And we have a lot of hope that we can offer the world. All we got to do is look to him, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, I was in the, um, the pharmacy that has a post office, in there, I went to mail some shirts for my friends, and there was a guy in front of, in, in in line in front of me. I don't even know who he was, but we started talking. He said, "How are you?" And I said, "I'm great. How are you?" And he said, "I'm I'm better than I deserve." And then I said, "Why is that?" You know, and and he says to me, um, he said, "Well, you know, have you seen the news?" I said, "No, I don't watch the news." He goes, "Well, you know, this government shut down, blah blah." And anyway, he, he went on and on about this, and I said. I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's a sign of the times, but you know what? That's not where our redemption comes from. As much as I love uh, Donald Trump, which isn't a lot, but as much as I do love him, <laughs> he's a way better alternative than Hillary Clinton. Hillary, I want to criminalize Christianity. Clinton. <laughs> Hillary, I did kill Vince Foster. Clinton. <laughs> Hillary, what? Those troops don't matter? Clinton, what? You know, I mean, anyway, um, it doesn't matter what our government, you know, what their power is. What, what matters is who we are as ambassadors of Christ and the fact that he's given us the power to, to be victorious in this life, right? And so don't ever... Be ashamed of the gospel. If somebody asks you, are you Christian? You boldly proclaim it and say, yes, I am. And remember me saying to you every day, be bold, stand up and go with God. Because you know what? It could just be one time somebody's asking you this question and they're going to need you and they're looking for that answer. It could be somebody who actually is trying to find Christ and they're thinking there's something different about you and you might have that answer. I actually have a friend that that was a drug dealer and um, this was almost his story. Uh, he worked at, if I'm recalling correctly, he worked at a nursery uh, of plants and all that. And a guy came, he actually saw a guy, um, I think it was his bumper sticker or something on his car he helped this customer then afterwards he went out and he started asking him questions because he really wanted to find out what christianity was about 
and the guy was able to share Jesus with him. So don't think that if somebody asks you if you're a Christian, they're, they're trying to attack you. They really could be serious about it. Look, yesterday when Roshonda and I talked and we shared part of our testimonies, her story about how she became a believer and my story, that's it. We were both ripe. We, we wanted to know the answer, you know, and people all around us are losing hope. They need hope. You have the real hope if you're a believer. And let me tell you something. If you're not a believer, you know what? Guess what? Jesus loves you. He wants to know you. He died on the cross for you. And all you got to do is believe it and receive it. That's it. Just say, hey, that's it. And then make a U-turn. Listen to him and do what he says. Your life will change forever. Just saying. So, you know, it's funny. Bible News Radio, (laughs) I get interesting feedback from people and I've I've had a lot of people say to me how come you're not on regular radio and um I you know my answer usually is well it's because I don't have the money (laughs) I don't have millions of dollars to do what Jan Markell does put my show on 800 radio stations across the world I, I just don't have the income to do it but I also believe that God didn't put me there he didn't call me to that type of radio ministry. He called me to this internet ministry. And you know what, you guys? Um, There is not a mistake if you tuned into this show. I had nothing to do with you tuning in. You tuned in on your own initiative. I didn't call you all up and said, hey, you know what, Bible News Radio is coming on right now. (laughs) Tune in. God drew you to our show for whatever reason, right? And so if you're a regular viewer and you're watching our show, consider donating to the show and helping us to continue the show that we do. If you're somebody who's new and you're like, who are these weird people? (laughs) Kind of like them. That girl in her hair, though. Hmm. Not really sure. (laughs) Uh, You know, hang out for a while and become part of the community. You might just find something you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? So that is that's all I got to say here. That's all I got to say. Let's see. Bob said, amen. Trump raw dogged that stormy woman. I have no idea what that means. Um, I have no clue what that means. Then what factors should be considered when to kill another person? Well, that's an interesting uh, question, Bob. Then when, why does the U.S. military kill the enemy? Do you consider that murder? You know, that's actually an interesting question. I don't, I, I didn't block you. Must have been somebody in the chat room who blocked you. I don't know who it was. Maybe you irritated somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You love my hair? Well, thank you. It's not. It's my real hair. I need a haircut. But, um, you know, it's interesting when people bring up the issue of, of you know, one country murdering another person's people. Um, Randall, you have thoughts on that? Uh, the the topic of a just war. I mean, I think that's well, kind of kind of where it goes to. Yeah, but... I think I think when it comes to human beings, it's a mixed bag. I would oh. say there's never a a fully just war. Right. And uh, you know, you could talk to Quakers who you know drafted for military service. You know, would prefer to you know go to the brig rather than go to you know combat, etc. You know, their own convictions. Um, scripture does allow the Old Testament for self-defense and, 
you know, you have to, I think it's a personal decision whether you're in the employ of a government and set out to uh, protect uh, your nation's interests. And if someone's shooting at you, you know, whether or not you're, you know, your conscience allows you to fire back, I think that would be very difficult to do personally. But I think, you know, the murder as it's described in the Sixth Commandment, uh, the idea is, which, you know, is elaborated on in the rest of what we call the Mosaic Law, uh, you know, where they find it with it's self-defense, whether it's, you know, whether it's somebody light in weight, etc. And we still carry out those those motives into our common law, law, whether it's manslaughter, you know, whether it's first-degree murder, second-degree murder, things like that. Um, and I think when it comes to abortion, that's first-degree, it's premeditated. You know, the I wouldn't say the woman who has an abortion, but the abortionist, the doctor, the, quote, healthcare, unquote, professional, who who's taken the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm, to knows full well it's a living human being um, by every measure in a woman's womb and to, to in the grotesque ways uh, that that pre-born baby's life is put to an end. I think that certainly qualifies as murder. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a premeditated knowing taking life. It's not self-defense. It's not, you know, it's not accidental death. It's, anyway, so, anyway, there's some things that are clear-cut. There's others that need to be determined in a court of law by your conscience, and I have no problem who's someone who's gone to war, um, (laughs) you know, it. Uh, as part of the their armed services, whatever country it is, and uh, you know, with with uh, with the belief, and every government is a mixed bag of motives, and but uh, you know, if for them, you know, is protecting uh, you know truth, justice in the American kind of way, or whatever, you know, that uh, defending. Uh, Laying down their life, putting themselves in harm's way for uh, the the welfare of their you know fellow citizens, and that means taking a life to protect others. I don't have a problem with that, and and you might say, well, you know, an abortion that's protecting the life of the the, the family and the you know that that you know the, or that woman would be, you know, she'd be so in economic straits, and it's well, there are plenty of you know the crisis pregnancy centers outnumber abortion mills by a factor of three to one or something like that or greater. There are plenty of resources at no cost to that mother, just as free as that abortion is, free care for that baby, uh, you know coming with checkups and all that, everything she needs to carry that baby to term 
if it's going to be financial hardship at the end of that, plenty of plenty of adoption agencies, no cost, and um, ensure a future, a future and a hope mm-hmm. for that child, which the Lord has for us. And yeah, this whole thing. Oh, you know, she has to board because it'd be an economic hardship. Is that that doesn't hold up? Right. Yep. So there you go. You know, we talked a lot about abortion this week, actually. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in a couple of days, it's going to be the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, uh, which was a completely tragic thing. I mean, it's just, it's, words cannot convey it. Years ago, when I was just a teenager, that issue is what um, called me into the type of activism that I do today. It's why I speak out on what I do speak out. Um, because we need to, you know, we need to, even now, I mean, all these years later, you know, as a 50 year old woman, you know, I, I look back and go, dang, you know, our world today is so much more wicked than it was when I was in high school. Um, you know, so be a light, Be a light bearer of truth, right? And point people to Jesus. You know, don't get, don't get sidetracked with all the minutia of what's going on in the media and politics and all that stuff, you guys. I say it a lot. I talk about it occasionally, but the most important news is the good news in the scripture, you know, and if you want to feel good, read the word, (laughs) You know, and and don't get caught into the foolish debates of the world. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. it because a lot of the, a lot of the conversations, whereas it's you know it's interesting to have an intellectual debate. That's fine. Have an intellectual debate about who Christ is and His Word, and point people back to Him, because that's what people who are really looking for stuff are looking for. They're looking for Christ. They just don't know where to find him or they're mad at him or they're mad at a Christian because they made Jesus look bad. Jesus gets a bad rap. He's ignored often. But I'll tell you what, if you've ever had an encounter with the living Christ and he's changed your life like he did mine, the the gospels say they couldn't stop talking about what they seen and heard. That's what we are. You know, let your your spiritual life be fresh bread. You know, what I mean by that is get into the word and let God feed you daily. Let him show you himself so that when you have an opportunity, you can share something fresh. Don't go off the stale bread from 20 or 30 years ago. You know, don't, don't do that. You know, I mean, it it might still be a living word, but, you know, make it more, you know, fresh. You know what I mean? So... Any questions or other comments before we we log off? We've gone over by like 20 minutes today, so uh, we should get off here soon. But, you know, if you guys have any questions or comments before we leave, let me know. Beantown Pal says Democrats are ruining the country. Well, I would say that it's not just Democrats. I would say evil people. (laughs) I would say people without God are ruining the company. Sean says, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, buddy. Yes. Don't forget, sign up for ID Shield with me, okay? 
protect yourself and support Bible News Radio at the same time. Uh, okay, let's see. The stormy person is Stormy Daniels. Okay. Um, I'm sure that's tied back to Trump. Okay. Okay. I'm going to wait just a second. Did you did you find any other news that you want to talk about, Bareface? No. No? Okay. <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't. As a matter of fact, but thank you for asking, wife. Indeed. By the way, I'm still looking for a cutie as well. If you guys want to find a been looking? different color one. <laughs> I'm still waiting to see if there's any other comments. Because I know if for some reason you are one of the people that won the Amazon gift card last week and you still haven't given me your email address, I'm still willing to send it to you. You just got to send me the address. Godgirl78. It is your first day on Periscope. Well, welcome to Periscope, Godgirl78. I hope that you enjoy your stay on Periscope. Stay away from the dumb broadcast, though. There's some kind of, yeah, just be careful where you go on Periscope. <laughs> All right, it looks like there's no comments, so I will end the show by saying this. Have a nice weekend. Member, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. And uh, thank you all for your support, your friendship. And uh, if you get some time like me tomorrow, go play pickleball.